Be the right club. Be the right club today. Yeah. I mean, that's better than most. How about him? That is better than most. Better than most. Expect anything different. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the No Laying Up podcast. Uh, we have to settle some beef today because uh, my arch enemy, Mr. Shane Bacon from Fox Sports, and I have uh, chosen two sides of a very political and difficult and important topic. Um, and there's just it's debate season, and there's no other way to do this than to just hash it out. Are you ready, Shane? I am ready. I am fired up. Let's do it. Um, the narrative, of course, that we're going to beat to death here um, is the Shane wrote a piece actually recently for FoxSports.com. He does a lot of fine work over there, and it was uh, introducing Mister a young Ricky Fowler to golf's big four. Um, I'm I'm a little sick of the narrative already to begin with, but I will let Shane have the floor, and I want to hear your best case as to why you're signing off on golf's era of the big four. Well, I mean, first of all, uh, you, you know me well enough to where I'm not really like a sensational type of person to write something to like kind of like get eyeballs and, and pull people in. I mean, it's more my point was more that the, the resume Ricky's put forward since he started actually winning. Uh, and, and that goes back to the players championship and then the way he played the majors in 14. I think that he has um he has a way about him where he can go on stretches of domination. And I think that was kind of my point. I mean, he was in, you know, obviously played extremely well in the majors in 14, was, was in, in every one of them, really. And then um, last year, uh, got over the hump, really, at the Players' Championship. And from there, we saw a different Ricky Fowler. And, it, you know, it was funny. Going into to last week, um, he wasn't part of the conversation. I mean, he's paired with Rory and Jordan Spieth. And, of course, that's the big conversation are those two. And, um, is this going to be the battle of the next year? Is Rory finally healthy? Is that what we're going to finally see? And to me, Ricky stepping up and winning that um, just goes, uh, it, it's another you know feather in his cap in the sense that he's stepping up and winning big, big, big time events. And and, and I, I kind of went on a little bit of a tangent about, um, you know, we have major championships, which it, it seems to be what we really rate players on at this point. But the way golf tournaments are, are scheduled now and the big, big-time events on both the PGA Tour and European Tours, um, you're playing basically the same amount of people. I mean, when you win the Players' Championship, it's not like you're not facing the exact same field you would at a U.S. Open or, or at a British Open. So um, he's winning these events against the best in the world, and he's winning them at a, at a similar rate as, as the three ahead of him in the rankings. So, you know, my point is simply the way he's played since he finally started winning is equal to the other guys that are ahead of him in the rankings. And while he doesn't have a major on his resume, and I totally get that that, that seems to be the glaring issue, trust me, everybody on Twitter that complained about it, that's the one thing they went to was yeah. no major, no major, no major, no major. My point was just, if you look at what he's done, the body of work he's done since he won the Players' Championship, um, he's equal to those guys, in my opinion, and he's very, very close to getting over that major round. But I think when he does, then everybody will finally say, okay, now we have a big board. I'm just trying to get a little ahead of that. Okay. I mean, I won't necessarily disagree with anything you said there. I did find most interesting in what you said. And I've always kind of wondered this and never really talked about it. 
um, because I like the way the majors set up. I just think that's the most fun thing in golf. But it is kind of arbitrary that we just decided that these four tournaments are called majors, isn't it? Well, I mean, absolutely. And, and, and I'm, I'm working on a piece probably in a run um, maybe the week before the Masters for Fox Sports. And I'm just kind of diving into this idea because um, I think so many times it, it, it is it, it is such a focus. I was listening to, to PTI last week. They were talking about uh, Tiger. No, excuse me. It wasn't PTI. It was Bill Simmons' podcast. And they were talking about Tiger Woods against Federer. And, you know, Bill Simmons, who obviously, you know, one of the, one of the better, you know, sports personalities, you know, out there right now. Um, but not necessarily a golf guy. Um, he made a point about Tiger and said, you know, he hasn't been anything since 08. And, and the problem with that theory and that thought is, well, he hasn't won a major since 08, but he's he has been number one in the world and won five PGA Tour events in one season. And again, these aren't pushover events. I mean, Tiger only played, you know, in the best of the best when he was in his prime. And I, and I think that it's easy to just gloss over the fact that winning a big event, winning the players, you know, like Tiger did in 13, or winning a WGC event, um, or winning the Memorial, or, or winning the FedEx Cup playoff. I mean, that that's a big deal. I mean, you're playing the best in the world who are just as hungry to win that um, as they are to win a major. It's just, you know, I, I mean, there's there's history behind all four of the majors. I just think it's funny that that's really the only thing we focus on when we look at the way a player is uh, looked at. It is these four events where uh, we, we've made golf a, a lot bigger than that, in my opinion. And I think winning one of these other big events is just as important and just as tough. I clearly can buy in that theory. Um, I do think that that this is not a hot take at all, that the pressure of those perceived majors, so-called majors, is obviously much greater than the other events. And the stigma that comes with it, I think, can change the way guys perform down the stretch. I mean, you look at a guy like Sergio, who's flat out said his mindset, and talks about how different his mindset is in majors and how he doesn't think he can win one, yet... He has no problem lining up and winning the Players' Championship, which has right. a stronger field than like the U.S. Open or, or even British Open have. So uh, there is that different level of pressure. But I, I just hate that Ricky Fowler is 27 years old and we're talking about him not having a major. Like right. as, as if he's supposed to have one by the time he's 27. Right. Absolutely. <laughs> and and, and you're, you're totally right. And that's, that's the one thing that throws my theory a, a little off of is – these players think that too, and, and, and I think it's just the mentality of uh, again, it's it's the buildup of winning a major has changed their mentality too. So when they get to those events, they know how important they are. Um, you know, when you get to the PJ Championship, you know if you don't win that, you go on a long, long winter break before you get to the next major, um, and it's really your last chance. That, that's what's. But you know what's funny is the weird thing about major season is three of the four major seasons. You know, you can peak, uh, you know, in June, middle of June. And, and if your game peaks then, you've got a chance to win one of three. You know, I mean, that, that's the time you want your game to, 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 to hit its stride. And, and if it doesn't, you don't have a chance to win 75% of the majors that year. And, I mean, that's what's what's kind of crazy. I just, I almost wish there was a little bit more space between them. I wish the, 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 the PJ Championship was like in October. Um, so they weren't just stacked, you know, one-on-one-on-one. -on -one -on -one. So um, a guy like Rory last year, and really, you know, Jason Day at the end of the year as well, um, you know, something starts clicking, and they've got a chance to, to, to run off with them. And, and somebody like Ricky, um, you know, he won at the players, he won at the Scottish, you know, he won a, a FedEx Cup event, and now he's won this. And, and you know, he's spaced his game out throughout the year to, to really uh, win on any kind of surface, uh, really on any continent. And I think that's been really, really impressive because – um, a lot of the time, you know, some of the best American players don't have games that travel as well as some of the international players. And I think Ricky's game does travel well. 
Yeah, I think the uh, this is going off on a different tangent, but I think the PGA Tour really missed a great opportunity this year to move the PGA Championship to the winter. How, yeah, how, how awesome would it be if it was coming up in a couple of weeks where, I mean, instead of going British Open, Canadian Open, PGA Championship, like there's going to be two majors in three weeks this year because of the Olympics. I guess we have the we already have the Ryder Cup coming up in the fall. This would have been a great way to space the majors out this year is just slide the PGA Championship Championship up into the early months. I don't know if they have a deal, some kind of deal with Augusta, where Augusta is guaranteed the first major every year. But I mean, is that is that even a possibility? Do you know? Uh, I mean, I, I'm not sure about the scheduling how they move it. I'm assuming you're probably right on. Uh, there's probably you know obligations to certain majors where you can't do that or you can't put. You can't flip uh, uh, maybe maybe a major like you can another event because we have seen other events you know even a players championship really move months um, you know different in the scheduling but you know it's forty five days and three majors are going to be played in forty five days I mean that's crazy to think you know that that's a month and a half you're going to get all three kind of pushed together and then on top of that right after you've got to go play the Olympics I mean um, it's going to be a hectic hectic season and you're already seeing I mean Jordan Spieth already coming out and saying he's tired you know what I mean yeah. and, and we're not even to to really the, the West Coast swing getting going yet. And, uh, I mean, he's, he's obviously traveling around because he's getting some some appearances and, 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 and obviously taking advantage of all that stuff. But it's going to be a crazy season already, and, and you've already got the number one in the world saying he's already exhausted from it. So, uh, yeah, it, it would be cool if the, if the maybe if the PGA was at a different time and, and maybe gave people a little chance to maybe go refine something if it wasn't working. Uh, but, you know, the, the schedule is what it is. And, and I'll be interested to see, you know, if somebody's – if one of these – three or four or five, however many you want to say, are the, are the best in the world right now. You know, if one of those guys' game really clicks, uh, you know, when they get to Oakmont, I mean, there could be a serious run where, you know, Rory wins the, the U.S. Open and the PGA or Jason Day wins both Opens. I mean, I can see it happening because they're so smushed together. Yeah, no, I think Jay, Day's run that he had through from, like, the late summer, basically, is what sticks out of my mind. If somebody goes on a run like that, then, yeah, you could easily run off several of these, but... Backing up to what you said about speed, and this may be just the uh, the inherent speed defender in me. It's like I say this about pretty much every story that we're making too big of a deal out of it. But I mean, this was just like a, a post round interview, right? That he mentioned right. that he's tired from traveling a lot. Like, what? Why is this that big a deal? Like, twenty two year olds, yeah, they can get tired, and then guess what they do? They recover when they can right. go home and sleep. I just, I don't. Now everyone's talking about him getting burnt out, and he needs to adjust the schedule. It's like. Damn it. I mean, who in what job and what career doesn't get tired at some point? Right. Yeah, I absolutely. And I wrote this. I, my, my mailbag's going up today on, on FoxSports.com, and I kind of been doing, doing little, like, mini columns to intro the mailbag. And, it's, and it's pretty much what you said is exactly what I said. It's, it's. I mean, we look at Jordan Spieth, right, and we think this is the next generation of great golfer. I mean, he showed that already, obviously, and he's 22 and he's young. Um, makes $53 million last year. I mean, that's incredible. But – you know, it, it could end. I mean, it could end in four years. It could end in two years. I mean, he is—he could go in a slump. He could not win. I mean, it, there's no guarantee that he's going to be great for 10 straight years. So if, if you're the hottest ticket out there to go play in these events, you know, overseas, I mean, take advantage when you can. I would, you know, I mean, I'd go play in Singapore and the CIMB and Australia and all these places because, um, you know, you're not going to be, he might not be the, the number one player that every tournament wants uh, in four years. I mean, he, we think he will, but there's no guarantee. I mean, like I said in my piece, I mean, nobody in the world thought Tiger's last major win was going to be in 2008, uh, but it was. So it's like I would take advantage of it, and if you're a little tired, that's just part of it. It's like you said, everybody's job 
people are exhausted. It's just when it comes to pro athletes, anything they say about that, it does seem like we blow it out of proportion majorly. Yeah, no, I think this will be a record that I made it almost over 11 minutes without mentioning this next guy's name. But uh, Bruce, Bruce, Kef- Reed or Bruce, Bruce Kefka, Kefka has, uh, <laughs> nice. he's, been, nice. he's been very clear. He's mentioned many times how much traveling the world basically changed him as a person and changed his, his golf, his, his I'm not, I don't want to say ability, but his, adapt, I guess, adaptability to play different style courses in different continents, different time zones, and he, uh, I've been very critical of the PGA Tour policy that basically forced him to go play overseas, but he says uh, that this is what helped like, form him into the player that he is today. So who's to say Spieth isn't doing himself a better um, long-term deal by you know traveling the world, learning to play in different time zones and different kind of conditions like that? Well, I mean, it, 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 it it's, can't hurt. I mean, yeah. all, all the greats have done it. I mean, you know, you, you think back to... Arnie and Jack and, and those type of players that even back then going to the British Open was a crazy thing. I mean, you know, I mean, and, and now, you know, Tiger won everywhere. Um, we've seen some other big players win everywhere, and now you're seeing um, Spieth. I mean, I, I think the way he opened the season um, was as impressive as any of his major wins. I think the way he played at Kapalua, um, obviously coming into a season where people do question. I mean, the questions come just because he's the best, but, you know, can he keep it up? Is this sustainable? Is he going to continue to be the best? And you go out and shoot 30 under, I mean, to do that at the first event of the year, I thought was was as much of a statement as anything we've seen since Tiger. And, and now you're talking about a guy that, that mentioned he's exhausted. Well, like you said, he'll take a week off and be completely fine. Uh, it's not like he's this schedule keeps up like this. I mean, you know, it was just the start of the season, and, and we've seen plenty of guys do this in the past. So this isn't something new. And uh, like I said, I mean, he's the hottest ticket in golf right now, and he's taken full advantage of that because those events that, that he's playing in, the Singapore Open and stuff like that. Uh, you know, I mean, obviously, there, there, there's stuff that, that we that we don't know about that, that's being passed along to him. So, uh, I mean, I would I would surely be playing in just about every event I could as well if I was him. Yeah, the, the Singapore one makes a lot less sense to me than Abu Dhabi did. But again, like I'm, I'm in agreement though in, in letting it go. But um, back to the overall Big Four um, label that I guess we've put on it and. I think a lot of people, I wrote a piece for SBNation.com that was just basically against labeling eras in general while they're still going on. And I, I've, been, I've been a big proponent of this in all sports and that um, you look at a guy like LeBron who basically had his career defined pretty much by the time he was 24, 25 years old and couldn't win a title in Cleveland. Um, and the comparison, you know, people wanted to compare him to Jordan and... He, it, it turns out he won his first title the same age that Jordan won his first title, yet it was the fact that it didn't happen fast enough. He was already labeled this thing. And it happens in almost every sport that we just kind of get carried away with wanting to label and define things while the, the story is still being written. And the example I gave was Phil, you know, standing over the putt to win the 2004 Masters, saying, uh, at that point, he's 33 years old and hadn't won a major, and he he he's, he wore that I guess that that he bared that burden for so long that he never really got rid of it. Even though he's won five majors, we still like are reminded of all Phil's heartbreaks in the U.S. Open and whatnot. I I struggle to to label something even like this like this big four when you know like two years ago this this whole this thing didn't exist. Like who were the right. top four players in the game? Two years ago, can you really say that? Like in two years, are we going to look back and really be like, 
this was the big four, like this is where it started. Or, I mean, one of those guys could easily drop out of it. To make like a, a real big four, to really label a group of people like that, they've got to be true legends of the game. The reason why Jack Nicholas, Arnold Palmer, and Gary Player are known as the big three is they did this for decades, and their resumes really stack up. So, it but, seems, it's, but it's hard now because the talent pool is so deep that, yeah. that you know, any, any guy could, I mean, uh, Brennan Grace or somebody like that could jump into this as well. I just think that as a, as a person that's, that's that's done this for a while covering golf and had to go through a lull where, you know, I mean, we're talking about Luke Donald, Lee Westwood, yeah. and Martin Keimer is the best players in the world. I mean, no knock to those guys, but, you know, to have a stable of 27 and under player, 28 and under players a day, and, and, and you're talking about guys that, that, that really, like you said, not only can win globally, um, but, but do it in the clutch. I mean, you talk about Phil being a major winner, right? And, and I totally agree. I mean, he's always going to be labeled the lovable loser. But I think I'm pretty sure he birdied the final hole in in four of his major wins. You know, which is incredible. I mean, that's impressive, right? I mean, that's clutch. You know, you're making birdie on the final hole. Sometimes he needed it. Sometimes he didn't. Um, but if you look at the way Ricky Fowler's won his events, you know, I mean, he beats Rory McIlroy and Dean points in a playoff at the Wells Fargo uh, at the Players Championship. Obviously, he went birdie eagle crazy to win that thing. Um, you know, when you think about the Scottish Open, Bertie Blast will win that by a shot. And in the way he played Abu Dhabi, I mean, you know, chips in on 17. I mean, these are clutch things to do. These are impressive things. He's pulling off God's golf shots exactly when he needs to to win major, major events. And I think that's the thing that I've been so impressed with with Ricky. And one of the reasons that I do label him that type of player is, you know, you look at somebody like Dustin Johnson who wins events, sure, but sure seems to be labeled the guy that, that won't pull out that clutch moment in the big big time tournaments. And I feel like with Ricky, he's learning to be clutch, which I think is a learned thing. I think you can learn to be like that. Yeah. And I think we're seeing it more and more. And I mean, four wins since you know May. I mean, that 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 that's that's really impressive. And I think that's something that that just he's going to continue to build on. That being said, he could not win for two years. You know, no. I mean, this is golf. It's a crazy sport. But I just. That's the reason I, I kind of put him in a, in a different category. Is I just I've been impressed with the way he's been able to close out these events uh, with with people really kind of nipping at his heels. Yeah, and I think uh, people misconstrued what I was saying as well into being a shot of Ricky. I don't mean that at all. I've been long since. I, mean, I think one, if you go back to the first podcast you and I recorded about two years ago, uh, we talked about how I thought Ricky Fowler doesn't get a fair shake and that his wins are coming. And I've always been a big Ricky Fowler fan. I think everything that's happened in the last eight nine months, four wins supports that everything you just said that he is this clutch and true uh, true superstar in the game i don't think it's, i don't think you really argue that if you want to do the oh he doesn't want a major thing like i'm gonna probably roll my eyes at you because it's, right I, at the point you made earlier it's it simply it does not matter as as much as people like to make it matter um so again it has nothing to do with ricky himself i i think I and it's just something I notice on TV, and it's probably just perception, and who knows how much it actually applies. But it does seem like when you're talking about him being clutch, it seems like the pressure. He doesn't ever seem nervous. It doesn't ever right. seem to show any nerves. Like when he's standing over a six foot putt, I am as confident in in, in making that more than I am like Spieth, honestly. Right, uh, I totally agree. Yeah. He, he looks like Retief Goosen when Retief Goosen was in his prime. Yeah, you know, and it was like every time Goosen was like in the lead or, or was close to that U.S. Open, you'd be like, well, this guy's stone cold, man. And he, and he is. And I, and I kind of feel the same way. He's got this this way about him on the golf course. Even during that Players' Championship, how are you not freaking out? And he just wasn't. <laughs> he wasn't. was fine. Yeah. He was just chill. I mean, he gave like many minimal fist bumps. I mean, 
you know, you're talking about one of the best closes to any event in the history of golf. And it didn't seem like it seemed like he was out playing, you know, a forty dollar Nassau with with Snedeker and Phil. Like people like to think of him as this really flashy guy, and you know, because of the bright clothes, but. Even like his personality, he is like very flatline, almost like anything. He's like a he's like a sponsor's dream, but he, he never he never is in really any controversy in anything. He's not like uh, you know aggressive on Twitter and social media or any. He is he's never in a feud or anything. It's it, it, I don't know. He's seen as like this. Wild, I don't know, not wild, but like kind of like an example of the new generation of golf. Yet he's like. The most even keel guy you could possibly imagine. Well, it, it's it's fun. What I've said from the start of this run is it's been fun to watch him progress into a guy that can be taken seriously from the masses. I mean, I, I really do believe that people did look at him and just see his clothing, just see his flat build hat, you know, you know, all that stuff, and, and they weren't sure why we should care. And it's nice to know that there's a reason that the that, that everyday guy that might not love his shoes or his pants or whatever reason they don't like him. Um, like you said, I mean, everybody on tour says he's the most likable guy out there. You know, it's like when everybody says that, you know, that's, I mean, he's friends with Bubba. You know? he's it's, like, it's like, he's like good buddies with Bubba and he's good friends with Phil. Like, that's crazy. <laughs> yeah, I guess my whole point also in what I wrote was just saying like, you know, rather than, you know, trying to define, you know, these rivalries or this, this, uh, this anything arbitrary like this, it's like, let's just kick back and relax and enjoy this. Because when I, like, I'm honestly fans of all four of these top four guys that we're saying. And if they're, like, and watching Jason Day and Spieth go down the stretch, that was really, like, almost not enjoyable for me to watch because I wanted Spieth to win. I wanted him to win three out of four majors, yet I also wanted Day to, uh, you know, to get his first major. So I, I'm looking back at like at past years when I'm trying to choose between the lesser of two evils to win a tournament, and I, now I'm looking at what we're blessed with now. It's like it, it's a different storyline every single week, and I can't even choose who I want to win the most. It's, we're in this unbelievable period of golf. I keep saying it. I'm going to keep saying it, and I just want I want people to kick back, relax, and enjoy watching it rather than making it who's the real number one. Let's just we can decide all that when all their careers are said and done. Well, but at the same time, we, yeah, this know. is what we have. This is what we. So do. it's like you know, know. it's it's. I, I I I've always been you know. Let's not overblow the, the guy. Let's not let's not talk him up too much and just kind of like see where he's at now. But I mean, at the same sense, like this, like you said, this is a, an, an incredible time in golf. And to me, it's like let's preach it as much as possible because um, it, it still doesn't seem to translate mainstream. Yes. It's crazy to me when I see like. A, a highlight for Abu Dhabi on SportsCenter. I'm like, oh my goodness, they're showing this? Like, I can't believe that. And, you know, it, it, it is as good a time as we've had. It, it's as good a time as I can remember uh, in the game, and, and I think it's fun. And, and I think it would be amazing if Ricky wins a, wins a major this year, but if he doesn't, that's still okay. It's kind of what you're saying. So, you know, we'll see. And like you said, we'll let it play out. I think what we all want is it's just a little bit of these guys going after it in a major. I mean, I think that would be really fun to see. Uh, you know, take any of the, any of them. Throw Dustin in there. Throw Bob in there. I don't care. But see him go down the stretch. You know, at Augusta or, or Oakmont or any of these places, and and see what happens because that's what we missed with Phil and Tiger, and that's what I've always wanted. You know, to see, and I think that's what everybody always wants. I mean, you know, last night I watched Djokovic better. You know, that happens. It seems like every tennis grand slam. Yeah. But in, in golf, you know, there's no guarantee that we're going to get Speed Rory. You know, on the back then at a 
best. Uh, and, and if it ever did happen, I think, um, you know, the eyeballs would actually turn, you know, for the first time for people that really don't, don't care. And I think that would be a, that'd be awesome. So, Hey, Ricky Fowler and Jason day and Rory and Jordan speed uh, play really good in the masters this year. Thanks. I'm sure they're listening. So I'm sure yeah, they message are. got through, but this was, you just mentioned, I threw in a couple extra names there too. And that's another one, a point I was making was like, it's not just these four, right? I mean, it's 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 not like the NBA where you can kind of draw a pencil, you know, pencil on a line under those top four teams and pretty much imagine that those four are the ones that are going to be battling out for the title. Like, DJ is so easy to put throw in this mix, and I, I, I'm i just going to – I know Tron on our side is is big DJ fan, and I'm, I'm more stealing this take from him in that I think the major is still set up well for him this year, and I'm just – it's just a, it's a – it's going to happen. It is going to happen – uh, we, you mentioned earlier that he's become kind of the face of heartbreak and it kind of looks like it'll never happen for him, but he's still a guy I'm going to slide in my fantasy lineup every single time when the majors come around. Yeah. And I, and I did a, you know, on my little preview piece this year, I said, who would be the, the most likely to break into the big four? And DJ was number one. I put on that list. I mean, the, the talent and, and the ability to blow people out of the major, um, he's on the top of that list. And I think he's the number one name you have to look at for a guy to go out there and just shoot 66, four straight days. Uh, and, and win by eight. I think he's the, the best candidate for that possible possibility. So, yeah, like you said, I mean, and and I and you know, I've had a lot of people say, well, what about Bubba? He should be on that list. And you're like, well, yeah, I mean, he's won two Masters, and you know, that's impressive. But you know, for now, I, I just I included Ricky Fowler in there because I think globally he's been incredibly impressive and, and equal to the other guys in that list, and that's kind of why I wrote that piece. But I mean, the, the reason it's fun is because it is up for debate. I mean, there's no guarantee that, that he's going to sustain this and stay there. But, you know, like you said, for now, we can sit back and enjoy it because finally we've got a group of guys that are fun to root for and actually uh, can dominate golf for an extended period of time. Yeah, well, I don't know if this changes anything, but Ricky is one over par today on the north course. So oh, I think, he's done. I, I think he's this done. is the – it was a it was a fun era. It was. Yeah, it was good. He, he really played played really well. Congrats, Ricky. That was, a, that was a lot of fun. I hope you really enjoy your career. Um, despite me uh, saying that, uh, you know, maybe we think majors are too important. Have you made your picks for the majors this year? Is this your chance to go on record and predict all four major winners? I, I haven't yet. I, I'm going to do. Uh, I'm doing kind of a piece, uh, probably a couple weeks for the Masters, where I put them all up. Um, so I'm going to I'm going to hold off on that for then. And plus, I need to do a little research. I, I need to see. Um, you know, I, I think this is not the year for Bill of the U.S. Open, just because it's history at Oakmont hasn't been great. Uh, that being said, you know who knows he might go out there and win by seven. I mean, um, I think a lot. I think the the next few years for him at U.S. Open seem to line up a little bit better. But yeah, I mean, I, do you think? I mean, do you think Rory wins one? I mean, it is yeah. is is it too easy to say that you know Rory or Spieth won a major this year? I mean, is that is that just like a layup in our opinions, or is it one of those things where saying they're not going to win one is that better numbers or better odds? Um, I think to win the British, I just, I couldn't go, I, I, I think he's going to come back in a big way this year. I really do. And I couldn't go a major without picking him. Um, but I'm pretty, I'm pretty dead set that speed's going to win the masters and I don't like his chances in the U S open only. Well, I, I, and I, I'm just in my head, I'm picturing DJ winning the U S open this year. So it was between the British and the PGA for me to pick, to pick Rory to win one. And I picked the British. So. Um, I, I, I think he wins. I, I don't think there's any way this is, I mean, I'm trying to think of the math behind this, uh, Spieth, Rory, Day and Ricky. I think they're going to win at least two of the majors this year. And, and how crazy is that to think with, with, 
like so many guys that you yeah. talk about that I talk about all the time that, you know, like you said, you already mentioned Kepka. I mean, we haven't mentioned Patrick Reed, but Justin Thomas and, and then all these international players. I mean, I, I mentioned Brandon Grace. I mean, I think he's got a very good chance of winning the major this year. It's, it's real crazy to think that all of a sudden, there is this this class that's it's almost like the Warriors and the Spurs, like you mentioned NBA earlier. It does feel like there's this class of player that we all focus on, and then there's a little bit of a gap in the next group. When really, in reality, there's probably no gap. I mean, like you said, DJ could win two majors this year. Uh, Bubba could win the Masters again. I mean, there's so many there's so many easy possibilities that aren't that crazy to think. And at the same time, Rory could go over four. Speed could go over four. I mean, these are very easy things that happen. I think. Um, we do get. Uh, I think what Rory and Jordan have done the last two years um, has, has kind of clouded our, our thoughts on how winning a lot of majors in a row is easy. Because yeah. you know, outside of Tiger and for some reason Padraig Harrington, which was still one of the strangest runs ever, um, it's such a rarity to see people do this. And it would be crazy to think that you know Rory could win three in three years or. Speed could win three in two years. I mean, it, it just, I, I thought it was going to be a lot harder for these young people to win majors at a consistent level, and, and I'm obviously being proven wrong on that. Did, did Harrington win three out of five or three out of six? Uh, he won three out of five. He won the the, P, the British, the PGA, and then he won the, the PGA the next year, right? So that's three out of six, then. He, he won, Is it? He won back to back PGAs or back to back Britishes. I can't remember. I mean, yes, well, he won. Okay, I got it right here. He won. Yeah, he won the, the British in 07, and then he won the British in PGA in, uh, in 08. Okay. I mean, you know, and that's what's such a bummer, and I, I wrote this today about, about winning majors. I wrote this in the mailbag, but, you know, you think of moments in majors, and you think how hard it is to win. And that's a perfect example of, of Sergio. He did everything right to win that, to win that British Open, yeah. and he hits a good putt on the 72nd hole, and it just doesn't go in. Yep. And then he ends up losing it, and you're like, he got there. He did it. He was in position to win that. Um, you know, and of course, Dustin last year. I mean, Dustin plays flawless golf, you know, the last two holes to give himself a chance. And then, you know, he hits a bad putt, and there you go. And now he's a choke artist. I mean, it's it's crazy to think that those those little moments matter so much in the scheme of things and the way we look at these guys historically. What's one of our favorite things to point out every, every spring is uh, – the Tuesday of Masters Week, that Mike Weir's dining at the Champions Dinner. Uh, already got his flight book to leave town on Friday, but Len Matisse is down there, like doing some Monday qualifier or right. Tuesday qualifier on the Web.com tour. Like they were trying, to, trying to make twenty grand. Yeah, you know, right. Uh, the line, yeah, the the close calls in this game. I I've tried to make this point before on the podcast, and it's I don't I don't really even know how to make this point. It probably doesn't make any sense, but. It's easy to look back at like the 2015 U.S. Open, and we know that Spieth wins it, right? So when we rewatch, like, you just kind of get fixated on that final result, and you forget how it unfolded. And so when I was watching like the highlights of that, you just you're you're taken back into how uncertain it was that he was going to win, and how certain it seemed after 16, and really again how uncertain it was on 17, like. It, you just you you can lose the perception like the people saying DJ can't win one like you go back and watch that nope you should never walk away from that thinking that guy can't win a major right. something just really unfortunate happened well I mean you, the, the tee shot he hit on seventeen I mean nobody hit it that close all day yeah. I mean you know that that's a perfect example of the difference in DJ and a lot of players is you know that I mean that back tee on seventeen I, I mean when we played a practice around there at Chambers. I mean, you're like, there's no way you can stop a golf ball on the screen. 
know, and he hits it 15 feet and makes the putt. I mean, that was a clutch moment. It just, you know, he, he and, and, and really, you know, to be fair, he got a bad break on, on 18. I mean, the, the ball could have rolled back to a foot. We, 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 yeah. we rewatched it at Franklin Temple, and we rewatched the final round as well. And, uh, you know, a couple of balls before him had rolled back to three or four feet, and he has a kick in for eagle. Uh, and now you're talking about him beating Jordan. So, I mean, yeah, like you said, it's it's easy to look back on the results and forget how people got there. And uh, and, and there's so many little things that go into to, to winning a major. And, and, again, we talk about majors like they're the, the end all. They're, they're four weeks out of the year, and of those four weeks, you have to be playing exceptional golf. At this point, especially, you've got to get all the breaks go your way. And you can't run into somebody that's red hot. I mean, you know, Jordan Spieth wins the PGA last year if Jason Day doesn't go crazy. I mean, you know, that's yeah. that's just how this thing works. So I, I just think it's easy to look and say, Ricky didn't have a major, Dustin doesn't have a major. And, um, you know, you just kind of forget that there's about a thousand factors that go into any of these guys winning on any given week. Yeah. I think this, this we may have talked about this in the, but will forever be known as the Lost Podcast, where we <laughs> spoke for an hour and it ended up not recording last year. I think it was right after the U S open, but um, Dustin Johnson made a comment about that final putt about how not blaming it directly on the greens, but saying that the, the ball came off the putter weird. I have my own theory on, on that. Uh, do you put anything in that? You were at chambers Bay. You played the course before the tournament. I don't know if you played it after as well, but do you put, do you put any weight into what he said? I mean, it, it, it looked like a shaky stroke. I mean, that's a lot. I mean, that's I've watched it a few times now, and the stroke looked shaky. And obviously, the greens were bumpier than they wanted. Um, so, you know, it might have played a little bit of a factor into it. But it, it was, I'll just say, it, it, it didn't look like his best stroke. And, you know, it's understandable. I mean, it's a it's a big-time moment. You know, it's it's okay if, if, you, if you hit a bad putt. And, I mean, I, I'm fairly certain you missed it low. And that's yeah. that's pretty much the, the the pressure miss is is the is the quick stroke in the pool. So you know, I mean, you know, I, I I think Dustin Johnson of all the of all the things he's good at, he's actually been pretty good about being gracious when he loses. I thought yeah. the way he handled uh, you know the whole bunker gate thing and everything like that, I thought he was he handled it pretty well. You know, given that you could come out and say this is complete BS, and um, I thought he handled Chambers well uh, as well. I mean, it was a tough loss for him, obviously, but. Again, I mean, he had a balky putter all week and nearly almost won. I mean, the, the, the week he, the putts drop and he's hitting it like that, he's going to run away. Yeah. My thought on it is that you, you've played on shaky greens before, right? And and the putts sometimes, honestly, don't leave the club face the way they should. They just don't start on the same line. It could be your ball sitting down in a little in a little depression of some kind, but... The thing is, we saw this all week. I kept noting it all week. There was putts, like Spieth on the first hole on Sunday, had about a three-foot putt that didn't touch the hole. And it, right. it didn't look like a bad stroke to me. It's just the ball can come off the putter in a completely wrong direction when you have greens like that. Um, yes, everyone's playing the same conditions. Yes, don't blame the conditions, etc. I think it's very unlucky for DJ that this happened to him on the final hole. Um you know, and he's being scrutinized for it. But I, I put a lot of weight into what he said, mostly because of what you just said, though, in that he's typically very honest and he's not one to make excuses or, or whatnot. And I think he just honestly thinks, you know, the ball just came off the putter weird. It may have been nerves that caused it to come off the putter weird, but right. I, I, I still, I, uh, I usually don't like guys blaming somebody else. If, if it was Bubba making this comment, let's be honest, I would probably have a different opinion. But 
Uh, I, I don't know. I believe him, and I I I, I think that that actually the the poor green conditions did weigh into it. And I I, I think he even said this before the final hole is like I hate I'm going to hate if this tournament comes down to um, you know a, short putt. A, a, yeah. a putt on these greens where they they just don't roll true. And it did so. Um, all right, but back to the mo- the most important topic of Ricky Fowler, and then we I think we have to move on from him, but. Where do you stand on the high tops and the joggers? I'm already sick of the conversation, but I, I do want to know where you stand. Yeah, they're fine. I mean, okay. you know, I, I'm 32 now, and I mean, there's a lot of stuff, and, and it really is weird when you get older and you start, like, being confused at certain things, but, <laughs> I mean, I can't wear them. I would look goofy as hell in them, but, like, he pulls everything off, I think. I mean, I hate his hats, but he pulls them off. Like, I really do feel like he's kind of got that look that, like, he can kind of wear whatever he wants, and he looks pretty good in it. And so, I'm fine. I mean, again, do, do you want Jim Furyk wearing them? Probably not. But I mean, Fowler seems to be pretty good. And also, like you know, Grant and Puma, who, who makes those shoes, you know, I guarantee that they went into it saying, "What's a cool look that we could have that would make a splash?" And yeah. you know, I mean, that's what this is, right? I mean, it's business and marketing as well, just as much as it's making making Ricky Fowler look cool, if not more. Yeah. And uh. So, I mean, it's fine. I, again, I mean, I think Ricky looks cool. I mean, I just do. Like, people think he looks goofy. Eh, well, I mean, you know, that's whatever. But I, I think he pulls stuff off. I love how you, you, you started your answer the same way every single person I talk to about this starts their answer. And that's by naming their age to, to add relevance to the conversation. Well, it has to. <laughs> I, I, can, I mean, I literally, if I wore those on the golf course, my buddies would be like, dude, you got to go home or what happened or did you leave your golf, real golf shoes? And, you know, I, I, I couldn't wear them just because it's not my look or my style. But, um, I, I mean, I'm sure there's a, there's a, there's a thousand or 5,000 or a hundred thousand 18 year olds are going to buy it when they go on sale. You know, I mean, that's, if that's the look, I just, again, I, I'm not really a, a Jordan, a Jordan shoe guy over my jeans either though. You know, that's, that's not really my look. So I'm not sure if they came out with Converse golf shoes. Now we might be talking. Yeah, no, I I I've I put this in a couple of different pieces. I think I've written that I'm fine with the shoes. I just those joggers, man. That's just it's just not a good look. I don't I don't think he looks cool in them. I like I typically like his fashion. I, I, I'm not a big fan of the all orange outfit, but yeah, I, I don't. Oh, but he, he's going kind of going away from it. I think he's yeah, kind of gravitated away from the orange. Now he has the subtle orange. He has, but I just I keep giving the examples. I keep giving are you look back just about ten years ago, not that long ago. There were some regrettable, very regrettable fashion trends in the mid two thousands. You mean everything people wore? Phil you Mickelson wearing skin tight mock short sleeve mock turtlenecks. Like this is the thing that happened. Tiger tried to make the mock like a really popular seller. I heard those things were like ninety bucks at golf shops. <laughs> they were they were glorified t shirts. Jim Furyk had button up short sleeve shirts. This is like a Hawaii. I mean, God bless Jim Furyk. You know, I mean, the guy. Oh, you just wonder, like, nobody tells him, like, "Hey, those brown shoes about outfit aren't, aren't the one." You know, <laughs> like, you got to have that one friend that'll be like, "Dude, that's terrible. You got to change." You know, you got to have your people looking out for you. You got to have your style. I'm not that stylish, so I, I, I count on my friends, my people, to uh, you know, to keep me in check. And you got, yeah, so Furyk's got to have somebody in his camp. I mean, come on. So somebody, anybody, there was an outfit last night, uh, I was watching um, whatever the European event is right now, and somebody was wearing a purple pair of pants with a purple top, 
and he was overweight with a white belt, but it was like different color purples. And I just, the matchy matchy stuff kills me. I think that's the worst. Like, I think that's worse that Ricky does than the joggers is like Sergio's the worst at it. Not everything has to match perfect. Like you don't have to have like the blue shoes and the blue belt, and the blue hat and the Adidas things blue. Like, I just feel like they've gotten to this point where it's like, you, you look like, you kind of look like a mannequin, but not in a good way. You know, it's, it's too matchy matchy in my opinion. I, I, that's why I think Adam Scott's kind of outfits are the best because they, they're like classy, but it's not like he has all of the stuff wide enough perfect. I, I, I should have asked this to, uh, I guess when I had Horschel or Thomas on the podcast, but how much do the pros decide what they wear? I mean, it, it's some, I, some of this stuff has got to be scripted for them. I know they got to push some of this stuff, but yeah, I think I've heard almost, almost there. The, what I've heard is the players are in charge of whatever they wear, except for the majors, because they do all those major scripting. Okay. So I think they kind of like gets to like, you know, maybe Billy Horschel gets seven outfits sent to him at a place that he can kind of pick what he wants to wear, or or maybe he picks it beforehand. But I think they kind of can pick and, and choose what they want to wear at pretty much every event except the majors. But then also they have you know input into those scripted outfits as well. Yeah. I'm going to switch it up, but I'm going to send you, ask you a question that I got in my uh, mailbag from last week. But what is preventing uh, the PGA Tour from doing some kind of like uh, All Star Weekend or like so, so, some kind of skills competition, something like that? You have any half baked ideas on the topics? Yeah, I, th- I think about. Th- I've thought about this before. It, they okay, so they had the skills challenge, and you know they would do like the long, and it was always in the silly season, and nobody watched it. You know, and it wouldn't draw. I mean, to me, it's money, right? I mean, if they had something where the winner took home five million dollars, then they'd probably get five million. Jesus. Well, I mean, you, you've got you've got that's what you've got to think about now. Like, is is Jordan Spieth and Rory turning their heads for a million bucks? You know, yeah. so like maybe it's winner take all five million bucks, and you say come if you want and and see who shows up. But I think it'd be super fun to do, and I think there's a there's an easy opportunity for it because. Think about what's been popular in social media the last two or three years. The Bryan brothers, um, you know, the, the, any trick shot people out there. What are the guys that, that, that do the stuff with Callaway that, that are, have an enormous following? You know, you know those, the dude perfect guys. Mm-hmm. That seems to be a popular thing for people and a snackable thing on the internet. That just seems like the PG Tour is missing an opportunity here right. with that because I'd watch it. If yeah. Spieth and, and, and Day have to hit a stinger two iron, under you know a two foot beam that's a hundred yards away, I mean I think that'd be extremely interesting to watch. Probably be more interesting than some some of the sea level events. Yeah, no. Here, my idea was to do this Wednesday night of the waste management, and uh, you, it's already a boozy crowd, right? And, and to people that are say like, oh, you can't do it the week of a tournament or a Wednesday right before a tournament. Masters does a freaking par three contest every Wednesday, and they shut the yeah, rest exactly. of the course down. That's a great point. That's the point right there. That's your that's your point to lead on. Yeah. The biggest event of the year does a, a quote unquote silly thing the day before. Right. Exactly. I and mean, you can't practice during it. You yeah. know, you can't even go out for practice. Exactly. So you do a long drive contest. All right, where you have all day Wednesday. This is this is my epic idea. Have all day Wednesday to do your trials, your time trials, or whatever. You get. Three drives um, to hit on the practice tee that they'll, they'll measure, and uh, you average them or take the 16 longest drives or whatever. And so you make a bracket of 16. Then you go head to head 
bracket of 16. You each hit three best of five, um, and you're going head-to-head, and you keep going until you get to the finals. Like, this would be the true barometer test, same conditions, same club. Is Who's longer, DJ or Bubba, or is Rory? Who can crank it up the most? Like, that, you can't tell me that doesn't sell out and that doesn't oh. do well on TV. So, so Callaway, a couple years ago, maybe, maybe three years ago now, um, during the waste management, which you mentioned, um, they had, a, you, know, you know, Callaway for a while had that stable of players that were like all bombers. It was like Kiros and, and Luke List and uh, Woodland and, you know, all these guys that feed it, okay? And they had a thing at True North. They had like a long drive competition. They had the heavyweight belt and everything like that. Gary Woodland said, well, he goes, I'm going to go back to my college swing so I can hit it like, so I, cause I can hit it like 30 yards further with that. Jesus. And these guys are going after it. I mean, they're swinging, you know, their, their swing speed probably 130, you know, and it's something you're not going to see anywhere else that these guys actually try to murder a golf ball, like not carrying where it goes. And it'd be fun. I mean, give them a long drive driver, give them the stuff those guys use yeah. at the competition, just see. What could Dustin get out of it, you know? Because I think I'd, I'd be interested to see if he could hit a 400. Yeah. I mean, it, it doesn't have to just be long drive either. We could do like a trick. I was thinking like a kind of like a dunk contest, but a trick shot challenge. And like, but actually challenging trick shots, not where you can film it and have a million takes and then do some really dumb stuff. But like, you use props and guests. You could have like, like celebrities come out and be like your props and whatnot. And um, this, this is going to happen on the European too much you know that they're so they're so good at this stuff it's gonna be this is gonna be like literally happening on the europeans where i'm is it up yet let's see no they haven't posted it yet i, I believe it i mean they they're so good at that stuff that i could totally see the european tour doing it as one of their viral videos but you need you need guys you need the top guys to buy in or this thing would be a huge dud, huge dud. Right. but um you could pull out some big break stuff like you, you don't you want to see phil hitting a flop shot over a big brick wall or something like that and you could do like a horse competition with like in uh, like top golf style, and then you 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 end it all with a big closest to pin contest on sixteen with the big sellout crowd under the lights. That's Done. a great idea. I yeah. love it. You, yeah. I mean, you could really do it. I mean, it, logistically on that golf, you know, you could probably do like long drive on eleven, which is right by sixteen. You know, you could do like. I mean, you could do a skip it across the water competition on 15 yeah. at, at TPC because you got the pond right there on the par five. I mean, I think it'd be awesome. And like you said, the problem is you've got to have people buy in. And also, the other issue would be, you know, I mean, the speeds and Rory's aren't playing waste management. Um, so are you are you doing just basically the best of the best from that group? You know, I mean, I almost mm-hmm. feel like you'd have to do it around a major to make sure all those guys are there. Yeah, I think you put around a major though, and people are going to bypass it pretty quickly. Yeah. That's why I said the maybe you do it at TPC Sawgrass on a Wednesday. You can do close to on seventeen. Ooh, okay. You could do, you could do long drive on, on on sixteen. You could you could do some goofy stuff there too. You know, I mean, there's a lot of opportunity there. I feel like that place is. I feel like that golf course is, of, of most of them is really ahead of its time in the sense of doing these kind of things. I mean, it would be cool. That'd, that'd be a, that'd be a fun idea too. Okay, I can be talked into that. I, I just felt like. Waste management, it's already a big party. Everyone's already yelling on 16. And the whole atmosphere is different that whole week. That that would be the one that fit. I agree you're kind of missing out on like the speed Rory era or uh, part of that. But, uh, hey, Tiger plays there now, so you never know if he comes back. <laughs> he's, he's, he's not yet in the, I, haven't, I haven't got the email yet if he's in the field uh, this year. He won't be in it this <laughs> I'm year. I'm waiting. You, I'm waiting on the end of my senior. Does he play, like, we can do, I don't want to do much Tiger. Does he play this year? You can be a yes or no I said no. no. I, I said no. no. I just, I mean. Doesn't seem like it. And 
like you said, we could spend minimal amounts on him, but I'd be surprised if we see him see it up. Yeah. Um, any, what do you think about, or what, do you have thoughts on what we saw to Jason Duffner this past weekend? Is this the return to glory for him? Yeah, you know, I, it was cool. I actually got to talk to him quite a bit at the, at the sharp shoot at the Franklin Templeton. Um, obviously they won that mm-hmm. and he kept mentioning to us how much Brant Snedeker was helping him with his putting. He said, just being around somebody like Brant Snedeker, um, and, and just how confident he is with the putter, it almost makes him feel confident. And the way he talked and just the way he was kind of stroking it that week, it did seem like this, this guy, you know, the one thing obviously lacking in this game is his putting. I mean, he's always kind of struggled with the putter. If he could get that locked in and dialed in, you know, he's going to be scary. And, and you know, he is. I mean, he, he's played great. I, the, the, the escape shot, though, I mean, you know, that, that's going to be what? That's got to be top five shots of the year, right? I mean, that, that was crazy. I can't believe it didn't go down. Uh, if, if Bones was caddying, you know it would have it would have gone down. That pin would not have been there. But, if it, but it, it was moving. It was. I'm not sure it would have gone in with no flag. I've seen that a couple times. That thing was trucking. It was moving. It was moving. I, I was not surprised to see it not fall because that had plenty of speed. But, I mean, I had uh, I was definitely, definitely pulling for him. And when he hit that on the rocks, I just I thought it was over. I'm on I'm a little delay here, so I saw it on Twitter before it even happened. I was ready to shut the TV off. It was about 2 in the morning for me. Um, but, man, it was so good to see Duff back in the winner's circle. And it's a guy that I hadn't thought of from a Ryder Cup perspective, really. But you look at the start he's had to the season. And a guy like Snedeker, too, I, I kind of had I've written off in the past. And I'm starting to look at it with, with a different light in that they've got Ryder Cup experience and – a long ways away, but they've started the year very strong, and uh, I wouldn't be surprised to see them in red, white, and blue come September. What is, what is your viewing schedule during like events like like yeah. this past event? Which not it's not a major, um, you know, it's not like it's not a must see necessarily. No. Are you staying up every night? No. I mean, are, are, like, are, are you just picking and choosing your, your spots? Picking and choosing spots. Hawaii is really hard because that's like eleven time zone difference or something like okay. that. Um, they do play those in the morning out there, and uh, I, I didn't last on that. I, if Kepka would have stayed closer to Spieth, I'd have stayed up and watched that. But uh, Sony, I didn't you, watch a single shot. Do you have like Red Bulls on reserve? Like, like what is your? Are <laughs> you like, all right, I got to stay up. Well, what can it, I do? It helps that uh, honestly, the NFL is going on at the same time, so I can like put to put them on two different screens and at least okay. feel better about the fact that I'm staying up super late to watch golf. That uh, that I can you know at least watch NFL as well, and that so. I was up watching Broncos Patriots more than I was watching the career builder the past weekend, and it just kind of bled right into it. If Duffner wasn't up at the top, I may not have I may not have stayed up and watched that either. But as soon as we come away from the the West Coast, it gets a lot better for me. Um, just the, the part of the year can be can be a bit of a struggle. So it's a nine hour time difference right now, but but there's You see, potential sponsors out there listening. This is how well I can seamlessly drop the name of your company in here. So, and, and, and he drinks Starbucks coffee. <laughs> yeah, that's how it goes. Um, did you? Were you with Phil? I mean, do you have any thoughts on Phil? I mean, is it just a good week, or, or do you think there's something there? I think there's something there. I, I, yeah. I, uh, I, I thought before the season, I thought we were going to see a resurgence from them this year, and that's. Um, I, I think that the Presidents Cup seemed to do something to him, and. 
I, I honestly just think he cares so much about the Ryder Cup. And that was kind of his, I, I think he pretty much kind of demanded to be on the President's Cup team and put uh, you know, put Oz in a tough spot where he kind of had to put him on. Um, kind of helped Davis Love out in that. I think uh, Love has to put him on the team as well. Whereas if he'd have been left off, uh, Love could have had a little more, I guess, uh, political leeway to have left Phil off the team this coming year if he also had a, another struggling year. Um I mean, I think he's a lot to be on the team based on what we saw out of the President's Cup. And I, I think he knows that he got a a, uh, a freebie last year making that team, and he doesn't want to put Love in that same scenario. And I think it's going to be a, a, good, a really good year for him. I, I really do. What about you? Yeah, it's, it's, I, I, I've always said this. There's something, there's something about Phil being relevant in golf that makes golf way more fun. Yeah. And I mean, love or hate him, whatever. Him being like him being in that PJ Championship um, with Rory and Ricky and, and Rin going at it, I, I just I love Phil being in the hunt. I just think it, it makes it more exciting for whatever reason because you know the fear isn't there with that guy. No. And and I and I I've always said you know it, you know it's got to be a lot easier to play golf when you've a already won majors, you b don't have to worry about anything in the sense of your career or making, you know, winning an event to get two more years of tour golf or worrying about money or worrying about status. You know, Phil hadn't had to worry about that in 15 years. Yeah. And, I, and I just think that the, his ability to free will it when he gets in those positions, it, it really is awesome. And it's one of those things that we might not get to see it three more times, you know, in our career. So uh, it would be cool if, if this year at Augusta he got back in the hunt like he did last year because it just it feels different when he's there. It really does. And, and, and I mean, I'm not even like a huge Phil fan. I just... I enjoy seeing him. I think the events feel bigger. And what's crazy, too, it's so insane to think that at 45 turning 46, this guy is having a better end of his career than Tiger, which I don't think anybody would have ever guessed with like the, the, the shape Tiger was in and how obsessed he was with being fit and, and all of those things. And you always look at Phil as kind of this schleppy guy who you know goes and gets donuts after he wins the Masters in his green jacket and you know, he's still able to compete like that. And, and, and in two majors in the last couple of years, he's nearly won them. I, I think this is going to be a big year for him, too. Yeah, I mean, it's not, it's definitely not gone. You know, I mean, it's just, he right. just had a, he had a down year last year. And it's, it's, he hasn't won since the 2013 British Open, which is astonishing, really. It's crazy. I looked at, I wrote, I wrote about that today. I, I, I couldn't believe that. Yeah. I mean, I really couldn't because it doesn't, it, I think it's because he was in the hunt in, in two majors. It feels like he was right there again. But, yeah. you know, normally Phil wins like the Shell Houston Open or something. Exactly. I mean, it, it always seems like he wins that event. And it's crazy to think that we could be we're nearing on three years of his last win. I uh, I think he's itching to win, too. I think that probably is motivation in and of itself. But I agree with you. He, of all people, he, of all people, loved that team thing. And I, I just think he knows that he's only got maybe two or three more of these to play in. And yeah. um, he wants to make sure he makes it. Are you as cocky and confident as I am about the U.S. Ryder Cup team at this point? God, I think they're going to kill them. Right? <laughs> I wrote that in my preview piece. I said they, this is the year. I, and you know what? I, I don't. I don't even feel bad saying it. Nope. I'm not. I don't I, even, I'm, I'm not, not even, even nervous. Like <laughs> I'm not nervous against Poulter. I'm not nervous of Sergio. I'm not nervous of Rory or McDowell or any of these guys. I just they don't. They. I think these Americans wish it was like. Tomorrow. Yeah, I'm, I'm ready to suit up tomorrow. Yeah, tonight. I'm ready tonight for this thing to start. Um, 
I, 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 maybe in the last week I've shifted a little bit into thinking uh, the way I look at it, their top four or five are very strong for Europe and they're, they're going to play all four of the team matches or all, all four of the sessions for the team matches. Right. Um, I'm thinking maybe their five, six, seven, eight guys are going to be stronger than I'd originally given them credit. I think Thomas Peters um, is a guy that could play his way. I, I think he's going to be on the team and I think could be a Matthew Fitzpatrick type um, emergence this year for him. Um, I'm kind of cherry picking that off of his good result in Abu Dhabi. Uh, but I think that they do have maybe some young, young guys that we don't pay as much attention to like we do our young guys. And we just kind of assume our guys are dominant. Um, I got a question in the mailbag a couple months ago about if you were like to make a, an under a 27 and under team, what would the team look like for the U S and I just thought, Oh my God, this team is going to be so stacked. But really 27 is it's, pretty young and i once i got past like eight names or even like four or five names once i got past reed that list gets gets thinned down a lot so maybe shambo or something like that where yeah you're not totally sure they do it is funny i'm looking at the european team right now i I think you're you're spot on i mean guys like rose keimer sergio aren't even in the in the list right now you know on, on the europeans point list if you look at the world point list that's different but um there's going to be a lot of young Europeans too. It, it might be more fun than, than we just sat there and talked about. I yeah. mean, will it'll be tough, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And I, Shane Lowry is going to be there. I think, yeah, two weeks ago, I was probably more confident than I am now. It's just going to change 50,000 times. What's, what's, what's the odds? Is there, is there Vegas it, odds on this yet or not? It's around even the last I okay. I've heard. Um, which kind of surprises me, but which I guess gives the edge to Europeans, right? Because it's all American school. Yeah. So you think that Americans would be a little bit more of a heavy favorite since they get the home crowd. But you wonder if people, if that's just like, um, you know, uh, people look at past results or I don't, I don't know what drives public betting, to be honest. Other than people always bet on Tiger. So, and, and, and as different as you and I think the team could be, there's a really good chance the team could not be different at all. You know, I mean, there's a decent chance that it could be the Kucher, yeah. Durek, Oh, come on. Um, like you said, Duffner, Snedeker, I mean, it really could be, it could view similar, and, and we both think that there should be like six different names on there, but I mean, it could, it could be, you know, it could be the same old, same old, you just never know. I mean, if those guys have big years, they'll just be on it. All right, we're going to end this. I want you, you're only allowed yes or no answers to these. Um, okay. As to, I'm going to name a guy, and you're going to tell me whether or not they're going to be on the U.S. Ryder Cup team, okay? Okay. Uh, Brooks Kepka. Yes. Justin Thomas. Yes. Jason Duffner. No. Brant Snedeker. Yes. Patrick Reed. Yeah, man. Come on now. <laughs> he's, I don't think he's in the top ten in the standings. Doesn't matter. He's I an know. Animal. He's um, a freak. Okay. Kevin Na. <laughs> no. Yeah. I'm sorry. Okay. I'm sorry. He's not. He's because he's not going to get picked. So okay. He's going to have to qualify. Kevin Kisner. No, unfortunately. Wow. Matt Kuchar. I mean, so I have a hard time with these guys because it's not, I think it's not just on play. I think that the relationships with Kevin and stuff that plays so much into it. Um, I say yes. Even, even though I would, I would not probably pick him. I was a captain. No offense to Kuch. I like Kuch a lot. Um, I, uh, I would, I would probably say no, but I think he will be. Okay. 
Um, I'll let you off the hook with this. What should we, anything different we should look for this year with you on Fox? Um, what, what, well, I, I will be starting a little podcast myself uh, probably in the next couple of weeks. So um, we'll have to check that out and have you on and all that good stuff. Nice. Um, and then, uh, yeah, just, I mean, I'm writing on foxsports.com. You go to the golf tab. There's actually a little link there for me if you just want to, um, you can kind of check that out and refresh it every now and again. I normally put a piece or two up a, a week and then, um, I'm going to be doing uh, some work with PJ Tour Live, so I'll be doing some hosting stuff for that, starting mm-hmm. at the Northern Trust, um, which is obviously a pretty fun event considering the names that are committed to play there. So yeah, uh, I'll be hosting some of that, the, the, the featured group and featured whole coverage for them for three events. And um, so yeah, I got a, my, my, my year really kind of ramps up in about three weeks, and, and I'm going to be out of the waste management this next week as well. So um, go out there and kind of chat with some of the guys and, and do all that free uh, free event stuff so um we're getting going and, it, and it's pretty fun but uh you know you 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 keep killing it every time I, I turn around i feel like you're you're on something new you're on morning drive your picture even though your picture look you kind of look in that picture like you're uh you could be like an extra in a vampire movie the facial hair you just Thank you look you? sinister you look like sinister but like not in like an overly sinister way. It's just a little bit, which I think almost fits a little bit. You know, like no, you don't you don't hold back on stuff. You know, you, you're not scared to go after people when they need to go after. So that's a perfect picture for you. Like, like I can eat your heart out, but also kind of a nice guy at the same time, right? Great, great beard. It's a great <laughs> beard he's got. Um, but yeah, keep killing it. I, it's it's uh, it's crazy watching the, the no laying up love. Um, continue. I love. Uh, I love when the pros ask you for shirts after they win a million dollars. That's my favorite. <laughs> that was ridiculous. I just won one point two million dollars. Can you send me a free shirt? Send you send you a shirt, man. Whatever you want, Daddy. It's in the mail, money. You, anyway. you should send him an invoice in like six weeks for like eight hundred dollars. <laughs> like, yeah, it's a really expensive shipping from from Amsterdam. No, he requested it on the house. I can't. I can't bill him for it. He requ- I mean, specifically so, requested on the house. I've heard so, and I can't get into are so many stories I hear from you about these athletes that ask for free things and you're like, dude, you made twenty million dollars last year. I wouldn't even, I wouldn't even want to send the email, you yeah. know. But anyway. Um, keep it up. It's fun. It's fun it's fun, uh, it's it's fun. I, I, I wear my no laying up shirt. I wear I wore actually wore yesterday hiking and I had one guy kinda of give me the thumbs up and I'm always wondering if they just are thumbs up in my hiking abilities or my shirt. You just never know. Was it Phil? It was, it was not Phil. I don't think Phil's out on Camelback hiking right now, but you never know. Also, I just want to let everybody know there's going to be a Photoshop, and if anybody's even listening, there's a Photoshop on my Fox Sports mailbag, and it's including Phil Nicholson. And let me just say, you need to go check it out. So that that should be up today. But um, the question was, which player should not wear uh, another player's uh, kind of outfit or attire? And shocking, Phil made the list. So. It'll be uh, it'll be wildly entertaining. Look so. forward to that. I'll add the link to that in the in the podcast. Awesome, post. I appreciate that. Jane, thank you for the time as always, man. We will talk to you again soon. For sure, see you, man. Be the right club. Be the right club today. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's better than most. How about him? That is better than most. Better than most. Expect 